This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. Hey guys, welcome to Puck Here. I am running solo this week. Joe was on holiday, having the time of his life. He was in Hawaii, then he was in Toronto, soaking up all the Stanley Cup playoff atmosphere that no doubt was surrounding the city. The lucky bastard was even at uh, the ridiculous Game 3 that saw the Maple Leafs beat the Washington Capitals and take a 2-1 series lead. And of course, I was incredibly jealous. Right now, he's in uh, New York City eating a shitload of 99-cent pizza, judging by his Instagram. Uh, but I am still keeping things international this week with our special guest host. You might remember him from episode 10, Skyping through from California. It's friend of the show, Jonathan Hawks. How's it going, buddy? Very well, Logan. Yourself? I'm good. I um, just got back from holiday myself. Not as... Um, not as international, not not international at all uh, compared to Joe's, but uh, just coming back from a lovely few days in Queenstown. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much the best place on earth. So, you know, you're not exactly <laughs> scraping the barrel when you're going to Queenstown for a holiday. So, no, well, and, uh, and there were a lot of people asking, asking after you, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Oh, well, you make an impression. You certainly do, even in your short, short amount of time. Now, it's you're. You, you mentioned this on the show, but I got to say, happy birthday, man. I can't believe you're actually doing this on your birthday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yes, it is. Well, yeah, today, April 26th, is my birthday. Uh, let you guys guess how old I am. Um, I don't get ID. I still sometimes get ID'd for alcohol, which is very nice. Um, but I am well over that limit, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's awesome uh, getting to spend it with you. Jonathan, uh, I think Joe and I, we both really enjoyed having you on the show a few weeks ago. So um, it was an easy choice to get you back on. <laughs> well, you combined two, one of my favorite places and my favorite sports. So it's easy. And, and yeah, I, I have been following Joe's trip. And, and I still got to say he's of all the beers he could be drinking in New York. The next time I talk to him, I've got to talk to him about his preponderance of his consumption of Budweiser. Because, man, that is just like it. I mean, <laughs> I noticed that. <laughs> I did see that. I saw his girlfriend, Kirsty was drinking Budweiser and I was like, I know someone's going to give you shit about this. <laughs> I mean, it's, there's so many, like, I, I don't think I'm kind of, I don't personally drink myself, but you know, over the, the top of everything, like America right now is, is just absolutely killing it in terms of beer and, and wine and especially here in California. So, uh, you know, it's, it's almost like you're dropping how much money on a plane trip and you're going to, well, maybe that's how you pay for the plane trip. You drink Budweiser. <laughs> Cheap when you're beer. There. It, it gets, it's a good beer. It gets the job done. It gets the job done. Really? So you rate, you rate California wine, do you? That's, that's a big call coming, you know, this being a New Zealand podcast where we mm, produce excellent yeah. wine. It, no, totally. Uh, the, you know, it, I, I, I gotta say, this is one of those things I, I have to admit after I finished drinking, when I really never got the difference, like I could totally get the different body, the different, you know, flavors and everything like that. But I mean, at the end of the day for me, it was still red and white <laughs> kind of, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, like I, I, I you always want to be like Paul Giamatti in, in, <laughs> in, the, in the movie, but you're just like, eh, it all really, I'm just here trying to get a buzz on. <laughs> I, I think that's the same with uh i mean my girlfriend and bear she thinks they all taste the same uh anyway we are right in the depths of the um stanley cup playoffs uh round one uh wrapped up recently uh with the maple leafs being the last team to be eliminated now who would have thought that was going to happen good on you mate uh, yeah. i mean it wasn't it was an awesome series and i i think we can agree that's probably the the highlight of the Stanley cup playoffs so far. I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody really suspected Toronto to overcome, uh, the capitals, but they definitely gave them a scare. You, I mean, it was, it was incredible. And, and the thing that really stuck out to me, um, when, when you, you show evidence of improvement is when you really are getting contributions from all your lines. Like, you know, I, it, he's not one of the standout players, but it, you knew Toronto was in a good spot when he kept seeing like Kappen and, every time on the ice doing something, throwing his weight around. He was actually the one who kind of stood out a lot for me. And and that really kind of showed that top to bottom that Toronto is fielding four lines. And, you know, it, it's it's a harbinger of good things to come. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
you know, as you said, you've got to have all four lines clicking. You know, we've seen that. Um, the LA Kings actually are a good um, example of that in their cup runs. You know, it wasn't all on Kopitar or, you know, Carter or anyone else to do all the goals. You know, you had guys like uh, Alec, you know, Alec Martinez, you know, doing the business as well. You've got to have those four lines running. And uh, I think the big, a big thing I mentioned to you the other day uh, when we were talking was the acquisition of Brian Boyle from the Tampa Bay Lightning during the uh, trade deadline. That really made the fourth line just so much better for the Leafs. You know, we had, uh, we had Ben Smith who we picked up um, from the Avalanche. He was kind of this piece that for some reason, uh, Mike Babcock uh, yep, had... Pretty good. Yeah, pretty. He's a he's a pretty good player. He's a, pretty good know, player. Uh, um, a, I've seen him. I've seen him play a couple of times. He was pretty good. You know, definitely good enough to go out there four times a night. You know, pretty good. Four <laughs> times a night. <laughs> yeah. No, I. I mean, the the thing that's great about this the stories right is that all these guys from, you know, Detroit and New Jersey are going to be all these Americans. I love it. All these Americans. Uh, you know, Lou Lamorello. Austin Matthews, all these guys, you know, who are just basically the antithesis of your uh, Don Cherry, good Toronto boy, you know, kind of shaping the the Maple Leafs, the most important team in Canada and hockey into uh, um, what looks to be a, a contender in the future. Yeah, I, uh, I did notice that um, you were definitely not the only one, definitely not the only American. Um, with the likes of Mike Madonna and that as soon as Austin Matthews would do something and the Leafs were doing well in that playoff series, you know, I noticed uh, a lot of American uh, ho- hockey Twitter was very quick to point out that Austin wasn't American. Yeah, Mike Madonna in between his tea party tweets. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, though, um, Austin, he had an invite to go play for the USA at the double IHF World Champs. He's turned that down. And I think if anyone is going to deserve a break right now, it's him. Um, Yeah. He mentioned he mentioned in his exit interview today that his body is just exhausted. And honestly, Austin, dude, I don't fucking blame you at all, man. Like you have had a long season. I think. uh, Yeah, I think you've earned a bit of time to just rest up and go hang out in um, Scottsdale, Arizona with your family. It's it's an interesting um, difference between Canadian players and American players, because I don't believe American players have the same. pressure on them to go accept the invitation to your tertiary and secondary tournaments in Europe during the summer, like your, your double IHF world championships, your Spangler cups and what have you. I mean, in Canada, it's pretty much a given. You have to accept that if you ever want to, cause you have to start saying, well, I contributed for Canada internationally if I ever really want to make it to the big team. Yeah. So it, it's it, personally, I, I, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it, you know, it, it, for American hockey fans, um, Primarily, it's it's the Olympics, you know, whether or not that includes NHL players in the future, we'll have to see. But, you know, outside of that, it's, you know, it, it, it really doesn't track. So, yeah, definitely take a he's uh, earned that his summer vacation already. But I mean, it's 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 incredible. It's definitely I love I, I just I love the idea that uh, a kid from Scottsdale, Arizona is the franchise player. The Toronto Maple Leafs, the biggest team in hockey. It's great. It's great. Yeah, and uh, I love it. There was this great tweet the other day. I can't remember who it was by, sorry, but um, basically saying the argument for the existence of the Arizona Coyotes is Austin Matthews. That's the great Jesse Spector. Yeah. There you go. I'm glad you remember. <laughs> <laughs> I, I miss when he, I, that guy was the best hockey writer. I miss that he got a job in baseball. He was so great when he was a hockey writer. A quick, a quick aside, you mentioned uh, talking about USA hockey. Um, what was the reaction like when the U.S. women's national team won? I mean, it, w- it was awesome. Uh, obviously, to see them, I mean, it's, it's kind of the story. And the, the story, w- what I heard, you know, was the, or basically the scuttlebutt was that the, the Canadian team, yeah, I mean, you, you'll play whoever you get. Uh, put against but you know you really want to if, if you're a top if you think you're a top caliber player you want to play against other top caliber players and so especially in women's hockey usa and canada is it so you know to see them really kind of get their um the, the solidarity between them and the other women's leagues and you know the the way that no one broke the 
um, protest line, kind of say to say, hey, you know, I'm a high school player. I'll, I'll slot, slot in and play because you basically, you know, your persona non grata moving forward if you do that. It, it was awesome. You know, it's, it's um, I think in the United States, at least um, women's soccer is still, you know, and women's basketball is still the kind of one and two like the, watching the, I personally enjoy watching the women's world cup sometimes more than the men's world cup and not just because the USA is better in that tournament but sometimes the the soccer football whatever uh, is <laughs> is just as good but it, it we was call awesome. it so- well I call it soccer too so it's just easier to delineate I mean I'll, I'll if I'm talking to somebody from Europe I'll change the terminology but I'll still say soccer it's just easier for me <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now we, um, obviously aside from the Leafs, you know, taking it to the Capitals and, you know, they really, they proved they weren't a walkover. It was the longest running season. Um, I want to go through some of our, to start off for the show. Um, Alan, by the way, one, one quick aside on Washington and Toronto. I said this the other day, but is there a guy who has more of a case for getting into the hall of fame simply based on his postseason play? Like it's, <laughs> I, I was asking one of my friends who is a huge basketball fan, and I said, "Is there anyone in basketball who is a perfectly serviceable, you know, good, what you would say, middle of the road player during the regular season, then just basically turns into LeBron James during the the playoffs?" And no, I mean, it, it's incredible that th- this guy is. I mean, you can't. A lot of people don't want to believe clutch is a thing, but how many times in the last five years have you said? Oh, at a key moment in game, here's Justin Williams with a goal or a primary assist. Yeah, it's a it's a good point. I mean, you know, you don't get the nickname Mr. Game Seven for nothing. <laughs> I just love it. I love my favorite part of the playoffs must have been this far when um, I forget who it was on the Leafs, but basically tackled Justin Williams to the ice and was kind of giving him a couple back checks during the first two games as if to try and psych him out. I'm like, man, you're going to try and psych out Justin Williams during the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) My, my guess was that was probably Nazem Kadri. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I doubt if Justin Williams pulse ever raised above 85 beats a minute during any part of that series. The guy is just absolutely the the coolest character, you know? And so it was just really entertaining series. Didn't want to see it end. Didn't, I I love to wish it would have gone, um, seven games, but I, I, I truly wish like one of those teams could can both those teams could continue on. It's very exciting. Yeah. Now, um, taking away from the lease for a moment, uh, I think, uh, Calgary flames fans, you gotta be hurting. I think the Anaheim ducks really exposed just how much work your team needs. Uh, especially I'm going to say starting with the goalie situation, there is a lot of work that needs to be done there a tandem of Brian Elliott and Chad Johnson is just not going to cut it in this league. (laughs) Exactly. Right. Yeah. And you you got swept. You, you got embarrassed. Now you go back to the drawing board and figure out what went wrong. Uh, another one, what Bruce Boudreaux, like what the fuck? He just cannot get it done. Um, and there was that quote, right? That when they got eliminated, there was a quote and we said the blues weren't the better team, but they won four games. I'm, I'm I'm sorry, Bruce, but does that not mean that they're the better team? Yeah, I mean it, it, it's 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 what it, yeah I mean how many how many Pacific how many regular season championship banners do the Capitals or the Sharks have? You know, oh man, all those Pacific Division banners hanging in SAP Center in San Jose. You know, it 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 just you gotta that mean nothing. You gotta show in a key moment, and, and it's just funny how Bruce Boudreau is just completely curse window. I mean, at least he was afforded he wasn't he he was afforded the indignity of uh losing in a game 7 in that series cuz that would have probably I mean, he probably would have just jumped off out of the window if he has to <laughs> lose another game 7. I mean, it's I mean, you know, one of these days Bruce Boudreaux is going to get to a Stanley Cup final and and lose it in game 7 in overtime and it, you, you just the numbers I just think that Bruce Boudreaux walks down the street and he sees the number 7 and it's just like, "Oh man." Like it just haunts him. Yeah, like, I, that's that, got to give him nightmares for sure. <laughs> it's his it's his number 23. I think uh, my favorite uh one of my favorite results from this first round was seeing the Chicago Blackhawks getting swept by Nashville. Like how awesome is that? Yeah. It, well, it's a, it's really a sea change. I mean, if you you look at Chicago, I mean, going back they lost in round 1 this year and round I mean and lost in round 1 last year and and when when Pecorine 
has more points than <laughs> Jonathan Taves or Patrick No, no, no the entire team. Like, yeah. there was that whole joke going, and oh, man, the, the marketing team behind the Chicago Blackhawks must have felt so shitty because there was just... There was just so much good, delicious irony circling around the Twitter, you know, hockey Twitter with the whole one goal campaign. And everyone's like, Mm -hmm. you can't even do that. You can't score one goal. I mean, it's it's an interesting sea change. First of all, I love seeing I, I, you know, here with the time zones in the U.S., most of those games start while I'm on my either finishing up work or on my way home from work. So we're living in the Pacific time zone is the best thing because you're perfectly positioned. If there's ever overtime in any of these games, like it's, it's 1am on the East coast, but Hey, just 10 PM here in the West. So, (laughs) um, last year, the Nashville going through, what was it? Three overtimes against San Jose. Yeah. And, um, they're really building a cool market and a cool culture there and to see, but, but you know, it, it, in a way it wouldn't have been as good if Nashville matched up against anybody else in the first round, like you have to defeat the enemy at your gates. And like, I know from my friends who are blues fans that they just could not stand that every year, the Kings just completely had their number. I think in 2013, the the blues went up in the series two nothing and then they got reverse swept by the Kings. So Nashville's mortal enemy has always been Chicago going back to the whole thing where they wouldn't sell you couldn't buy tickets to a Nashville Predators game if you were from <laughs> Chicago, something like that. So just being able to get that monkey off their back and and dispatch the Blackhawks. And then you really got to think, like, how much more magic can Stan Bowman do in the offseason for, for these guys? They, you know, he's, he's conjured up cap solutions going back and forth. But this is a team that is getting, you know, the, its core more and more distilled down to just you've got you've got Keith, you've got Taves, you've got. Kane and I mean and then look at this blooming crop of stars you have in Nashville I mean I thought it, I thought it was so cool that I don't know if you watched the game when they they finally swept Chicago but Kevin Fiala he had what was it a shot off the post a shot off Corey Crawford's skate and then to see him actually score the overtime winner and series winner it was just awesome yeah like I um, I'm, I'm not a Nashville fan but you know there's a few players on their team uh, that I am a fan of uh, one being James Neal from uh, his Penguins days. Uh, there's also Philippe Forsberg, who he's always been a force for me in fantasy hockey. And then, of course, you've got P.K. Subban. Uh, it's just, the, you know, the whole P.K. thing is a storyline that I've followed all season long. And just the whole time, all I've wanted it to be was this thing where Montreal look, were made to be the bad guy. And uh, right now I think PK must be absolutely loving life. You know, he, you can tell he's loving it in Nashville. He can actually be the person that he is. You know, he's, his personality is actually welcomed there. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and, and, and I think in Montreal, it was definitely split there. You know, I don't think it in Montreal, there was, you know, I think there was a, a, a group of fans just as much who loved him just as much as those who hated him. And so, it was, I mean, it was funny. I, I was listening to another podcast where uh, um, one of the reporters from Montreal said, like, yeah, people immediately switched to being Predators fans. Like, seriously, I'm done being a Habs fan because they mm. saw how PK got railroaded out of town. So it's it's yeah. I mean, if you look at it and this kind of a perfect segue to the other series, you know, that was going really awesome one in the first round. But to see um, Montreal out. Shea Weber out, you see P.K. Subban moving on, loving life in Nashville, and then, you know, you see David DeHarnay, of all people, this David DeHarnay uh, scoring the overtime winning goal for uh, Edmonton against San Jose. I mean, it's it's just, it's it's interesting how those moves have seemingly kind of backfired on Montreal. Yeah, I know. And that that brings me to my next point is just how much longer does Canadians GM Mark Bergevin keep his job? You know, it, it, the, the best thing is the over it, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't in that market, because, I mean, you can only basically hire eight guys who speak French to yeah. be your coach and you have to <laughs> speak French as a GM. And I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to go. You're, you're not going to trade Carey Price because that's not going to solve your you know, your problems that it wasn't the problem in that, in that series wasn't goaling goalkeeping. I mean, they averaged like less than two goals a game you can't grind out a Stanley cup championship. Although the Kings definitely tried in 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's 
that's obviously that is the struggles there with Montreal is the lack of um, you know offense being generated. Yeah, there was uh, you know Radulov. I'm not going to say Radulov like uh, every, all the other fucking North American um, commentators. You know, is it Radulov? It's Radulov. Oh my god! Yeah. But I just it's, easy, it's yeah. easier for you know everyone to say Radulov, right? <laughs> um, but you know, well, like there was I, that I really lo- awesome. I love how long I love how long hockey commentators tried to pronounce Drouin pr- correctly in France in French, and then just moved to yeah, it's Jonathan Drouin. Yeah, yeah he's going to be Jonathan Drouin for the rest of his career. Well, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. They, they don't pay me that much. No, exactly. <laughs> Although they probably do. I'm sure they get paid pretty well. Um, yeah, do. like I just, I don't know. You can't all put it on guys like that. Uh, Pacioretty didn't really seem like he stood up for me. And there's a lot of questions there. You know, Carey Price has one year left on his contract. Are you, what's, you know, I'm sure he wants to stay in Montreal, but now is this going to become you know, a similar storyline to the Capitals and Ovechkin, you know, you've got one of the greatest players of his generation. Carey Price is arguably the best goaltender in, in the world. And mm-hmm. you can't, you know, you got to build a team around him and, you know, successful teams should be building um, from the goalie out. And the fact that they can't seem to do that. I, I don't know what's going on there. I still don't understand just how much long, you know, how much longer he can keep his job just because he can speak French. I don't think that is enough to save you. <laughs> it shouldn't yeah, be enough it, to save you. Yeah, it, it, it's hard. But I mean, it's hard then as the GM to point and say, hey, well, here's I'm first place in the in, in my division. You know, I can't be doing that terrible of a job. It's on the players, you know, at some point. But yeah, you're kind of in a perfect storm there because you have pieces you can't move and you really have a you know, a coach who has proven success elsewhere and only just kind of came in halfway through the season. So you go through another season with Claude Julien and then, well, what happens if they get bounced again in the first round, you know, and, and especially at that point, Carey Price is a free agent. A lot, I mean, a lot of questions. It's, it's, I, I was really kind of surprised at how effective the Rangers were playing against Montreal. Like they're they're just, I just can't remember a time in that series, maybe barring game two where they even kind of had a leg up in that series. It just seemed to be the New York Rangers series to lose at every point. I mean, if you look at, but, but, but the funny thing about that was that if you look at the stats that Montreal wasn't, yes, the goals were lower, but they definitely were, better on pretty much every factor it's just but it just from the sense of it from the general sense of it it was new york and not even close no absolutely and you know the whole thing um coming into the playoffs montreal were one of the hottest teams in the league and the rangers were on the complete opposite end there they were one of the coldest teams in the league they were struggling and um for some reason you know and then we yeah, get look into at my the- bracket yeah <laughs> <laughs> same here uh we'll, we'll get to that i had montreal beating them and so you know the rangers screwed me there but it was like henrik lungfist gets into the playoffs and he just he hits another gear yeah and, absolutely. and montreal had no answer to it just the offense complete you know dried up and yeah so i i think i've i've read today that uh bergevin said that they're not going to blow up the team so i wouldn't expect too many changes from the canadians in the offseason maybe they'll try and plug a few holes here and there but i think you know like you said they'll try and get a full year with claude julian and see where they're at so i think maybe after next season once carry price's contract is up i think that's we'll start seeing maybe some serious changes with the canadians then but until then i don't think there's gonna be too yeah i don't think there's gonna be big moves there um now also one thing that surprised me was that Ottawa bit the Bruins. Uh, totally. Um, that <laughs> one, I actually, I think everyone looked at that matchup and just said, well, Ottawa's beat them more in the regular season. But, I mean, come on, it's the, the Bruins in the playoffs. And yeah. they certainly had flashes of, of good play. But then you just, I mean, it's, Carlson, it's Eric Carlson is just maybe the most dynamic defenseman in a generation. I mean, just the, the highlight reel every night. And then you learn that he was playing with a broken two foot. fractures in mm. his foot and pulling off, you know, I, I, I never really played hockey and 
I still don't to this day. I'm trying to learn. I just I became a huge super fan. But you know, a lot of people on my staff are hockey players, former hockey players, and uh, you know, national champions, you know, Canadian junior players, and they just they, they go. Even if you tried, even if you tried and practiced, you couldn't do the stuff that Eric Carlson does. It's just so interesting, and and just they just purely outworked boston in that series it wasn't it i i guess if i if i had to say from pure viewership standpoint it was the most ostensibly boring and i say that in air quotes you know because it's, <laughs> it's, it's 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 not a sexy watch ottawa and boston <laughs> and anything with Ottawa. ottawa doesn't have the um uh, trademark of being a sexier particularly dynamic fun team to watch but when you sat down and just watch eric carlson shift into another gear it was just truly incredible mm. uh now another one one that was i think a foregone conclusion right from the start was pittsburgh just cleaning out columbus yeah i had it in in five games and and, and to be quite honest I, I i just could not see columbus even playing at or even taking it to six, but I, I, I didn't quite see. Man, that is a team that just seems to be cursed and never won a playoff series. And it's sad because Columbus has put together some really good players, especially young players. I mean, especially with you know Seth Jones, and it, it, they put together just one of the more unlikely regular seasons. I mean, nobody thought yeah. at the beginning of this year Columbus no. would be anywhere close close to a playoff spot, and they pretty much. I mean, if, if the Stanley Cup. If the Stanley Cup playoffs had started in November, I don't think anybody would have <laughs> gone against Columbus winning them, winning it ever, you know, everything. It's just, um, yeah, Pittsburgh, it just when you put together Crosby and Kessel and Malkin and all these guys, and especially, um, I'm sorry, his name is completely jumping the gun right now. And I shouldn't, it shouldn't be jumping uh, my mind right now, but the player who came up from the AHL, Gensel? Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, Jake Gensel. Phew, a hat trick. And then you get called up and you get a hat trick in the playoffs. Wow. Yeah, there was some, uh, you know, like the Leafs, you know, the Penguins had a few good kids uh, in their team. You know, Scott Wilson, his first, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if it was his first NHL goal, but it, uh, obviously it was his first NHL playoff goal. And it was one, it was this sneaky little like no look. He was just chucking the rebound back towards the goal and it, you know, went five hole. And it, that was awesome. And he, he didn't even realize it went in until he noticed, you know, his teammates celebrating. Um, it was just really cool to see the way the Penguins um, obviously sort of rallied together. They don't have Chris Letang. He's gone uh, for the rest of the year, unfortunately. But, um, you know, they still did really well. It's they've basically got the same team as they had last year from winning the cup. And then you've got a few other guys here. Yeah. Like Jake Gensel and, um, almost reverse fortunes of last year when in that first game in the warmups, when Matt Murray got injured. And so Mark Andre Fleury had to come in. Now, of course it's the e the easy thing to have done in the last few years is to rag on Mark Andre Fleury and his performance in the playoffs. Right. And, then of course oh, you're talking about you're talking about Las Vegas Golden Knight Mark Andre Fleury. Well, that's the thing. So <laughs> I the way I saw this, I saw that I'm seeing this playoff run as Mark Andre Fleury's audition to move to Vegas. Yeah, I, I, and, I mean, as, as soon as you saw the, um, I think it was warmups in Game One. You see Murray go down. I'm like, whoops! <laughs> well, there goes my bracket on that one. And then <laughs> no, he 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 acquits himself very nicely. I mean, he he. He obviously showed he can still play and compete at a high level. Yeah, and the thing that I love about Fleury is the spirit that he, at which he plays the game. He's always a bit of a jokester, and he's always got a smile on his face. Um, and yeah, it really stoked for him that he stepped up the, the, in the way that he has. Now, um, the I think the only series that we haven't touched on in the first round so far is the Oilers and the Sharks. Um, I I have to say in my bracket I had I thought this was going to go seven games it almost did um, but I had the Sharks going through not the Oilers. Yeah, I I again chose Edmonton in six. Um, oh, so you're I actually smart. Got I actually got that one straight on. Um, you know, it, I think for me it comes from watching this team night in night out. Um, they have all the on paper they have all the necessary pieces for a championship you've got dynamic forwards veteran leadership the you know the guy who's probably going to win 
Norris Trophy in Brent Burns, or at least come in very close in the voting. And it just something just seems to handicap the Sharks at key moments in a game. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the one thing that really stood out to me about the Edmonton series is is not. It's funny how what is old becomes new again because. Anyone playing on Edmonton now is living in the shadow of Connor McDavid. And, you know, Connor McDavid obviously showed himself. But the thing that the, the thing that I keep coming back to is if you look at Leon Dreisidel and the key assists and the key, you know, f- back checks and four checks he did in these series. And then you look at his regular season. He had, what was it, like 76 points in 82 games. 76. Like, even without McDavid, that is, like, insane. And it's like how... Was one step behind ski, you know, and so you kind of have this dynamic again of these two, you know, hugely talented centers, young centers, and I haven't said it. And then you just have everybody thinks it's McDavid's team, but man, they've really got a good cast assembled there. And it's just San Jose is getting older and older, and you know, obviously without Joe Thornton, it 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 really proved the difference. Yeah. Uh, now I got a feel for Jumbo Joe there. Uh, do you think he does? Do you think he comes back for another year? No, he's Joe Thornton. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy. It feels like at this point he's been in the NHL for twenty-five years. You just—it's like Chris Chelios or, or Nick Lidstrom. You just couldn't imagine a league without him. No, dude, I've got his—I've uh, got his draft card, like um, playing card from. I think I got it when I was like eleven or twelve years old. Uh, and, the bleach tips in the Boston Bruins jersey. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. you know, he's just such fresh faced and super blonde and <laughs> obviously he doesn't look like that anymore, but yeah, I, same, same as you, I couldn't, could not imagine, um, a world now without Joe Thornton in the NHL. I know it's, it's coming at some point, same with, you know, the likes of Jerome McGinley, but they, despite the fact that obviously the NHL is getting younger and faster, these guys still seem to find a way to exist in the league. Yeah, and uh, no, I know a lot it, of that is down to experience and whatnot. But um, despite that, despite you know they're pushing forty, uh, Joe he's still one of the great playmakers in the game. Uh, so it would be awesome to see him come back. Now um, let's let's just sort of take stock of our um, of our NHL brackets before we get into the second round. May um, they rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but well, by the sounds of it, yours sounds semi healthy. Um, I've got, let's see, I've got, let me see how many players I have left alive for round two. I have got, uh, I've got four. So I, I correctly predicted uh, two of the series. Right. And the other two are dead. So I, I had Chicago taking Nashville in six, uh, six games. I had Minnesota. And it got, what to write about Minnesota? I mean, of course, Bruce Boudreau. It's funny because the only reason St. Louis came through is, I think, because Jake Allen all of a sudden discovered how to goaltend yeah. <laughs> in a key moment. <laughs> um, obviously, had I, I had Anaheim beating Calgary in five. They only they took care of them in four. And, of course, I had uh, Edmonton in six. And, and then so that leaves with me with uh, um, uh, just Washington and Pittsburgh and Anaheim and Edmonton left. Wow. See, in the in the Western uh, Conference, I I also picked I picked Nashville. I had six games, and of course they swept. I picked St. Louis just purely because I thought, okay, they're not facing the Kings this year. Maybe they got a chance. Uh, yeah. I, I, had, I had them going five. Uh, no, I had them going six, and they won in five. Uh, Anaheim, I had pick. I had them over Calgary, of course. Um, I had them five games as well. I didn't pick any team to sweep at all. I thought this was going to be. Very tight, um, a tight you know first round, and, and it was. But I did not expect any team to get swept this year, let alone um, Chicago. Uh, yeah. And then I had for Edmonton and San Jose. I had uh, San Jose winning in seven. Of course, Edmonton won in six. So in the second round, um, I've got I've got Nashville and St. Louis. I've got that there. I've got St. Louis beating Nashville. I'm not sure how confident I am in that. But I guess we'll see uh, if Jake Allen keeps it going. And then I've got, I had Anaheim and San Jose, which of course, well, that doesn't matter anymore. But I had, um, I had San Jose beating Anaheim, so I'm kind of fucked there. Um, and then in the Eastern Conference, I had 
Montreal winning, of course. I thought six games. Rangers won. I had I had Boston beating Ottawa. That didn't happen. So that whole bracket <laughs> is completely busted. Um, I had Washington beating the Leafs yep. in six. Um, I was going with head over heart on that one. Um, so I, got, I picked that right. And then I had the Penguins picking. Um, I picked the Penguins winning uh, in seven games. For some reason, I thought that was going to be a, a... And Leafs. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was going to be uh, a tight, drawn out series. It's going to be I'm mad at you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Washington, Pittsburgh. I have Washington winning, winning. Um, yes. And like probably about ninety percent of people that are doing the NHL bracket challenge, I do have the Caps winning the cup. Um, just purely for the storyline, I just want Ovi to finally freaking do it. And well, he needs it. He needs it just so we can finally go. Okay, he's the first ballot, ballot Hall of Famer. Now we're exactly. done. Exactly. Move on. Like, and everybody wants that for him, right? The only thing that's gonna, you know, but there's plenty of great players who have never won the cup. But then that just makes it oop, easy storyline. Boom, long suffering. Finally got over the hump in his early 30s, and you know, continues and has a nice end to his career. And and. Um, yeah, and, and especially from the programming standpoint, um, you got to think NBC is happy that the second round is just going to be Washington Pittsburgh all day, baby. Got, I know. Do you, you think? Got, uh, so uh, let's quickly touch on um, the current playoff format. I don't want to go too far into it because I feel like everyone, everyone's probably done it by now. Um, but I think the general consensus, uh, at least on hockey Twitter, is that. The current playoff format sucks. There was nothing wrong with the old format where you had one versus eight, uh, two versus seven, and so on and so on. Um, now I feel like the the current playoff format, uh, whereas obviously it was about creating divisional rivals. Now it seems like this was something that was probably purely. I mean, they won't say it would be, but something that was created for NBC. Now you say with the likes of the Penguins and the Capitals, like they're facing each other again in the early rounds of the playoffs. The people who love who are loving that the most must be the NBC uh, executives. <laughs> I'm trying to remember if this playoff format was done before Detroit moved to the Eastern Conference because then it really seems right. Like you then, because if you're a programming guy, you're like, oh, we got, because it, it's funny, one of the secrets of, of broadcasting is like, the Buffalo Sabres draw the most viewers of any hockey town in the United States. And when your programming partner is NBC, it, you know, that that's why Buffalo is on these inexplicable rivalry nights <laughs> <laughs> every Wednesday. Wednesday night is rivalry nights, Buffalo, Carolina, you know, it's like, what? Okay. Yeah. Um, but they draw a lot of viewers, but you know, I think there's at some point, um, yeah, it's been cool at least from my perspective, you know, when, when, okay, yeah, Kings and Sharks, Sharks and Ducks, Ducks and, you know, uh, who have you, but you know, you're never going to really get, I, I think if, yeah, if the ultimate goal is create a rivalry, you're never, I mean, while there's kind of a cool spirited rivalry between, I guess, Washington Toronto now, I don't think it's that likely they meet again in the playoffs. And again, you know, no one really cares about, about a divisional matchup between with ball. Montreal, you know, so it, it, it's, it's, it's interesting, but sorry, yeah, I, lost, I, sorry, mean, I, uh, I, I lost it, you for I, a second there. What was oh, the, sorry what, about that. what was you the last matchup? Uh, uh, yeah. So I just, I don't really think it's, it's going to create a ton of really cool rivalries. I, 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 I like that Pittsburgh and Columbus were playing against each other, but until Columbus actually, you know, does something on, you know, actually wins a series against Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, it, I, I really didn't think there was anything wrong with the series as it was before. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I think probably uh, Columbus might feel might feel differently on that. I don't think they were very excited to be facing uh, Pittsburgh in the first round when uh, they probably feel like, I guess, for having such a strong season that maybe they should have had a, a lower-seeded opponent to start with. Um, exactly, yeah. right. So no matter what you do, Oops, here's Pittsburgh again. Yeah. Come April 15th. You know, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely, yeah, it, it, it's fine. I don't really see that there was anything wrong with it. And I wouldn't mind if they went back to it, although I don't think they will. No, I, it's, it's, it's here to say, like, you know, you could have all the hockey writers and stuff complaining as, as they do about it. But I mean, 
they only made the change a few years ago. I, I quickly looked up. I believe it was in the, it was 2013 is when the Red Wings shifted back into the Eastern Conference. Um, wow, now, has it been that long? Yeah. <laughs> so now I, I think that's when the changes will happen when they're you know realigning the conference the conferences. Um, but yeah, so yeah, player format. Yeah, it's that's definitely that's not going anywhere. Um, so second round. Yeah. So if if I had to make a guess, um, yeah. So I, I'm obviously the, like 95% of people on NHL.com. I've I've chosen Washington to go all the way. Although I had them, I had my Stanley Cup final as uh, Washington and Chicago, and that's definitely not happening now. Um, <laughs> got it. I got to go with my uh, um, my baby Gretzky's up in uh, Alberta because you know obviously <laughs> that's obviously such an I'm awesome biased. name for the Oilers, baby Gretzky. The baby Gretzky. <laughs> yeah, because obviously I'm biased as a Kings fan because they're the only thing between that and Anaheim walking it, walking not even a slow trot walking into the Stanley Cup final which you know I I don't think the Nashville or St. Louis has a prayer against Anaheim so um yeah let's uh, set me up with a Nashville Edmonton Western Conference final that would be awesome that would be just that would be such cool display of the young talent in the NHL it would on be. display and yeah yeah and yeah, and then you know, I, yeah, I could probably see New York making um, pretty quick work of Ottawa too, as well. But what about uh, who, who do you have for the uh, Caps and the Penguins? Yeah, well, uh, Caps, Caps in seven going right. through to the conference finals because that's 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 gonna be really cool. Although you know, you can never count out Pittsburgh, right? Like they mm. just got too many tools, too many guys and if, and if they can really start scoring but yeah if you if you're gonna mark you know put up flurry versus Braden holtby that's not a very strong matchup <laughs> well yeah I, I guess we'll see i mean i'm com- i'm well i'm semi-confident that the capitals uh will beat the penguins i think now um they've been beaten up a little bit by the leafs but i think this is uh, I think that's what they needed. They got tested early on. It's whereas the Penguins are the complete opposite, and you know they were on easy street for that first round. They weren't really tested at all. The the only test being was that they didn't have Chris Letang, and they seem to be doing okay without him at at this stage. Uh, I guess we'll see. That may change once they get further down the line. If uh, the experience, the lack of experience by not having Chris Letang in the lineup, if that makes a difference, but. Um, yeah, I think Washington, you know, they've they've been tested now. I think this is where they're going to prove, okay, this is our year. We've made our moves. This is our team, and we're standing by it, you know. And um, as much as I hate Tom Wilson, um, <laughs> he is now – so, okay, so what, I, I – Wait, wait, explain this. Explain this because what a, what a unique person to hate, Tom Wilson. Why is that? <laughs> I just, I, the, 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 this would be my West Coast bias showing. Maybe I missed a key thing between right. uh, Tom Wilson and Toronto. Did he, did he hurt Austin Matthews? Did he make him cry? <laughs> no, it was just so. Uh, I, I, I got to give a shout out to Scott Preston, who is a, um, who's a, a sports journalist uh, for Stuff, who's one of the uh, major news. Uh, websites in New Zealand, but he's actually based in the US. I think he lives in Baltimore and he's a Washington Capitals fan. Now he said that my hatred for the Capitals was completely um, unbiased. And I was like, no, no, no. I actually quite like your team. Um, I have a lot of respect for the Washington Capitals. I have no respect for Tom Wilson. Now he's just, but in, in a sense, that is actually also respect for Tom Wilson because he is becoming one of the premier pests in in the game uh, now. Yeah, that's that's why I hate him. He's one of those guys that if he was on my team would absolutely love absolutely went, love him. But because he went to he's the not Alex Burroughs finishing school. Yeah, but because he's not on my team, I fucking I fucking hate him. Uh, <laughs> now my girlfriend always loves to point out the irony in the fact that um, before Tom Wilson, probably probably one of my most hated players was Wayne Simmons. <laughs> uh, and then of course I got Former to meet King Wayne Simmons. and I got Thank to you. work with Wayne and he is one of the nicest guys I've ever met and he is super lovely to me um, and it just goes to show you know your hockey personality is completely different to your uh, you know personality out in the real world um, that, that, <laughs> that is such an LA thing because it, people move to LA um, 
you know, here in uh, Lipstick City, um, they go like, <laughs> oh, man, I want to meet all my heroes. And, and you'll mostly find that your heroes are just absolute pricks if you ever get the chance to meet them. And the people that you just loathe, that you just hate, they think, oh, you're hacky or, you know, I came out here to be really independent and cool, that the, the those people you hate are just the nicest people, just the most <laughs> wonderful warm and then you walk away from that interaction going like god i feel like less of a person because i ever hated this person oh yeah exactly and i'm sure i'd feel the same way if i ever got the opportunity to meet or interview tom wilson um obviously don't hate him it's exciting you mentioned that because i'd like to welcome onto the podcast tom (laughs) wilson yeah right you have no affiliation with tom wilson no i don't uh but yeah no He's, I'm sure he's going to, he's going to be a pierce to the penguins and then Holt be, you know, he's, yeah. Aside from Carrie Price, he's probably the what second best goalie in the world. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and Ovechkin, he's, he's, uh, he's locked in, you know, he wants to win this cup. So I, I mean, I've got capitals going all the way to in my bracket. Uh, I didn't, obviously I'm completely screwed with, uh, Montreal and Boston not making it through to the next round, but, I agree with you. I think the Rangers will quite likely make quick work of Ottawa. Um, there's only so much Craig Anderson can do to save the Senators. And I think, um, I think that's probably all he can do now. <laughs> I think he, I think it was all left in the first round. Um, Nashville, Nashville. I want, I, I mean, I've picked St. Louis to win, but fuck, I just, I would love to see PK go through like, um, you know, I've never been a Habs fan, but uh, I was always a PK Subban fan. Um, and I, Absolutely. Lo- I love his personality. I love everything that he did for the city of Montreal with the kids in the hospital. Um, you know, people could say, oh, that was all for show. But dude, you, you don't donate that amount of money for nothing, you know. Um, and then... It, yeah. you know, it, it, it's one of those things where if if you worked in the I said this before if you work in the Nashville front office and you go wow our team just signed PK Subban and you're a team in a emerging hockey market trying to look for something to differentiate you're your sick. team from people's other preconceptions of what a hockey team is like PK Subban basically should have a bow on his head when he arrives <laughs> in Nashville it's like man I cannot wait to plaster this guy's face over Nashville on the side of the building in the on local media, you know, what have you like. He's, yeah. And they did. And they did the that. You know, he was there. Yeah, exactly. He was there at the NFL games with the uh, um, would it be the Tennessee Titans. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't. That's exactly what they've done. And, you know, and then he, he started doing what he did with the kids in Montreal. He did it with Nashville. And there's that really lovely video of him um, strolling through um, Nashville, uh, you know, Dressed, I think was he dressed up as Santa. He was doing something as Santa. It was this awesome video that came out at Christmas, and it just a lot of superfluous cowboy hats on PK. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it doesn't matter. He pulls that off. You know, cowboy hat looks good on him. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, Nashville could be the team that could um, solve Jake Allen, where Minnesota couldn't. And I mean, I still just. <laughs> I don't know. I just hate Jake Allen's goalie pads. I think it's the ugliest design. No, yeah. <laughs> see, I, I'm going to take umbrage with that because I love them. I think they are really? so lo-fi cool, especially his mask where it's just, it looks like somebody just put some cling wrap over like a, <laughs> a more brightly colored version of his mask. I think it looks so awesome and so understated. Like I, as soon as I ever became a hockey fan, I think that, I think the first ever goalie pads I truly hated were Cam Ward's in Carolina because he always had that like tribal bullshit tattoo design on a way too busy (laughs) on a way too busy mask I am such a fan of the the clean low profile lo-fi hockey gear I think it's awesome I definitely um in a future episode I want to do a goalie special because I um I I sort of identify with that position the most uh, when I was, you know, I'd have, you go back to the very first episode of this podcast and we talked about how we got into hockey and I always wanted to be, um, my Twitter profile for quite a while was I wanted to be an NHL goalie when I grew up, but it was a pipe dream. So now I just talk about it. Uh, and you wanted to be Felix Potvin. No, it wasn't, it wasn't even that it was, um, like Growing up, you know, the goalies I looked up to were the likes of, you know, Curtis Joseph and, you know, Martin Brodeur and, 
Uh, you know, who else was there? You know, oh, and Dominic Hoshik, of course. You know, those are the three goalies mm-hmm. I love to watch. And when Kujo became a Leaf, I was like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, you know, because he was an oiler for most of his career. So when he went to the Leafs, I was like, this is awesome. Um, and of course, I did always love Felix Potvin's uh, mask. I still think it's one of the coolest ones out there. Um, it was awesome when Antoine Bebo came up to the NHL this season <laughs> and he, he had such an awesome... Um, uh, mass, you know, and, and tribute to him. Um, but yeah, from I the Orlando solar bears, shout out to my friend, Jesse Liebman director <laughs> of broadcasting for them. Your ECHL affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I love this. I love the solar bears, man. Like, um, they deal with it. The deal with it bear on the, on the Jersey, <laughs> like just this Jersey, this polar bear with the ultimate deal with it. Look on his face. It's oh the yeah. Greatest. And there's something it's about maybe, purple in the, in a hockey Jersey that I love. You know, oh, I, yeah. I still wish the LA Kings had purple in their jersey. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know I'm yeah. in the minority on that one, but I did always really like that design. Um, you know, going back to the going back to the second round. Uh, shit. I mean, I think that's going to aside from the Caps and the Penguins, I think Ducks and the Oilers is going to be one hell of an entertaining series. You know, you've got. <laughs> Of course, you've got Connor McJesus and yeah, <laughs> you've got Leon Dreisaitl. You've got Cam Talbot, who's playing lights out in goal. Um, it's awesome to see just how much he is um, just sort of coming into his own in, in this stage of his career. And then, of course, the Ducks, you know, you've got like, you know, Ricard Raquel and stuff all coming up. And then you've got Getzlav, you've got Kessler, which is the whole reason why the ducks? That's it. Kessler yeah. and McDavid. Kessler, <laughs> meet Connor McDavid. Connor, meet Ryan Kessler. And and the other thing That's that is is just really interesting. It's just the preponderance of, of good defensemen that Anaheim have, Anaheim have. Not just your Cam Fowler, your Sammy Vatanens, your Hampus Lindholms. Like I Brandon mean, Montero. It, speaking from my experience working in the American Hockey League, um, between um, we we saw. San Diego. So every night, you know, we see them every night. Shea Theodore is is the goods. Mm-hmm. He is going to be a unreal hockey player in the National Hockey League. And so you just you have these all these these bounties. And so you have what you kind of like to think of as a, um, you know, you know, Brian Getzloff's not getting any younger. Corey Perry is not getting any less of being a shithead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. No, sorry, Jeff. I'm sorry. There's my one. There's my one needle at Anaheim. Um, You know, and and so you've got what what's looking like a a, a dynamic force versus the unstoppable object. Like, I love this series the way I love the matchup between um, Chicago and L.A. in 2014. Like two teams like one who's you know, you've got Anaheim who have you know, really gone far the last couple of years, but haven't gone over the hump. And then you have the young newcomers and both have something really eager to prove. I think it's going to be a dynamite series. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, now I want to give a quick shout out to, um, our good friend, uh, John Broadbent. He always keeps, uh, the New Zealand ice hockey community very up to date with when Sky Sport in New Zealand uh, is screening NHL games. Now, just before we, we started recording this podcast, he posted that Sky would be screening the Ducks and the Oilers series and the Penguins and the Capitals series. So if in if you're in New Zealand and you don't have NHL TV, uh, but you have Sky or maybe you're at work and you've got Sky, um, check guides for times and, you know, make sure you're watching because that is going to be awesome, awesome, awesome hockey. And it's a great way to show uh, Sky, who are like, you know, the main, uh, one of the main broadcasters here in New Zealand. It's a great way to show show them that there is actually an interest in hockey in this country. And um, now, what, now, what time does that start for you guys? Probably we're about five hours removed right now, right? It's 1130 p.m. here. Well, obviously the day before. Um, but they show it in HD. It's a good presentation. I, I, I've never been there when it was on. It's, so I've never... It's just the NBC feed. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, it's Well, it's the, yeah, it's the NBC feed. When it comes to the Stanley Cup finals, it's the NBC international uh, feed, which basically, uh, I think it's basically the NHL network. Um, but then yeah, the gra- Dave Strader. That's yeah, but the cool. graphics are worse. The graphics are shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but well, yeah. luckily, I really like the way and the NBC product has picked up in the last couple of years, especially since now TSN has lost the broadcast rights in mm. Canada. Um, having Gord Miller, Chris Cuthbert, 
um, some of the really good hockey play-by-play guys um, calling hockey. Uh, you, Gord Miller, you'd always know him from the TSN, from the World Juniors. Like the guy can call a, a key game like nobody else's <laughs> business. So it's it's really cool. And and yeah, I'm happy that you guys are getting those two series because I think in terms of being eminently watchable, those are the two best series. Yeah, for sure. And um, well, John doesn't work at Sky anymore, but uh, I can't. He told me once who makes those decisions now. I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. But shout out for picking um, probably the two best series um, for New Zealanders to get into. Uh, so you mentioned you asking about the time. So I know that the Ducks versus the Oilers uh, that starts tomorrow actually uh, at two thirty p.m. New Zealand time. And then the Penguins versus Capitals, that's on Friday uh, at 11.30 a.m. New Zealand time. So that's, as far as, yeah, the time difference goes, that's when things happen for us. Um, Nice. You should tell me who won because it's already Wednesday there, right? (laughs) (laughs) I wish wish that is how it worked, that we knew um, who won before you guys did. But, you know, maybe one day, maybe one day. See, I always like that because when I watch my international sports, the U.S. is towards the end of the dateline, right? So we get everything like, oh, it's on Friday? Well, we get it on Thursday. Hey, you know, <laughs> now you've got to wait an extra day for playoff hockey, and there's been nothing on for <laughs> – uh, excuse me, uh, apologies to my friends at the Chicago Wolves and the uh, uh, Charlotte Checkers. One hockey game in North America today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so speaking of um – the AHL, the Ontario Reign, are in the playoffs for the Calder Cup? That's correct. Uh, your um, affiliate of the Los Angeles Kings were currently locked in a very good series against the uh, San Diego Goals, who are Anaheim's. And it's 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 been really awesome um, for both of our clubs, uh, specifically because the, the turnout has been so awesome. I think San Diego had almost 10,000 people on uh, Friday night, and then we did a back-to-back um, playing up here in Ontario on Saturday night. And we had, um, uh, all of our tickets distributed 9,491, which is, um, especially when you get to the, the American hockey league, once we get to playoffs, when people don't have the schedule readily available, um, you know, or they can't plan weeks in advance, um, getting these two turnouts, um, for us has really opened some eyes around the league that, you know, uh, these non-traditional markets really can generate and cultivate an audience. And uh, it's been a super tight series. We, um, um, I, I don't know if you look this up, Logan, you should go look up how the, the rain won game one. We actually stole the puck from the goals defenseman that he was sitting back behind his goal. Just run. You know how that, that just waiting for the clock to run down to zero. Yeah. Uh, he was literally doing that with 20 seconds to go. Um, Adrian Kempe for the rain snuck behind the goal, knocked the guy on his butt, grabbed the puck, shot it a blind pass right out in front of the net. And an Ontario rain player happened to got a stick on it and scored the go ahead goal with 11 seconds to go. That's amazing. (laughs) And then, yeah, so literally stole a game. And then, um, uh, we lost two one yesterday or uh, excuse me on Saturday. Um, so, uh, we get a little bit of a break between our playoff series, but the, uh, you know, what's really cool about the Calder cup playoffs is you get to see these guys like, um, you know, um, the real standout star for Columbus this year, Warensky just absolutely destroyed our team in the playoffs last year. So you get to see a lot of really cool players coming up and, uh, ones who are definitely going to be, uh, impact players in the NHL come up. But yeah, I advise everybody listening to your podcast, you know, Certainly, if seek it out because there is literally nothing better on earth than playoff hockey on even on television. It especially when it um, when when you can sit down, and someone goes, "Well, wait, when do they play to?" Well, they play till somebody scores. How long is that going to take? Who knows? <laughs> you know, it's it's the. Uh, I, I think my first time getting into hockey, I watched a lot of those uh, Chicago Vancouver series from about um, eight, eight or nine years ago, and it was just awesome viewing so if you get the opportunity you can go watch it absolutely do now you say because obviously the ahl is where a lot of the young the young talent is um developed so who on the rain would you say would be one of those um ne- you know next level players coming up uh yeah certainly from our end um for the los angeles kings um you've got um paula do who was uh, part of the uh, north dakota championship team defenseman um, the, the Kings have had really good luck with lower draft picks in the last couple of years, developing into pretty special players. Paul Ledoux was a fifth round draft pick. Um, Adrian Kempe, um, uh, was the first round draft pick in 2014. 
um, from Sweden. And all these guys got in for a couple games at the end of the year when the Kings were kind of um, well and clear out of the uh, playoff picture and definitely had some impact. And uh, Johnny Brodzinski, um, who went to uh, St. Cloud along with, I'm, I'm, God, I'm, it's funny, the Los Angeles Kings basically need to set up a training camp at St. Cloud State University in Minnesota because they've had so <laughs> many draft picks come through that program and move up. And uh, um, he has a, a pure shot that is just absolutely bonkers that, um, you know, he's working to develop the other parts of his game. But uh, there's really, really exciting players coming up the, uh, the pipe for the Kings um, from the Ontario Reign. So it, it's really cool. It, it's 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 weird. Um, when you see Kings fans going, who are these guys? And, and, and you say, well, these are the guys I've been watching for the last two seasons down here. And we know them back and forth, you know, front and out. So it, it's it's one of those things is if anyone's listening here is, you know, especially a more developed um, hockey fan, really start paying attention to the, the lower level leagues in the United States and North America and Canada. Because um, once I started doing that, you really start seeing who these guys are coming and, and what they can bring to the NHL. So you're not left completely unawares. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do the same. I keep, um, I keep tabs on the Toronto Marlies. Now they're facing the Albany devils in the first round who are the funnily enough, the New Jersey devils affiliate. Uh, that's currently tied one, one, um, for people that don't, don't know, it's not like the NHL Stanley cup finals. The first round isn't a best of seven. It's a best of five. Uh, does it, I, I can't remember right now, but does it go best of seven later on? Yeah, it's first round's best of five, um, rounds two, three, and four, just like everything else, best of seven. I mean, right. it's an it's an extremely tough tournament, you know, just like every best of, you know, anything going, you got to get your 15 wins, however you can get them. And uh, um, we fell a little bit short last year, but, you know, getting to the Western Conference final versus um, Lake Erie, but yeah, you know, it's, it's a really exciting tournament and, and w- uh, the AHL has done a really awesome job at, um, keeping, you know, I, I don't think of another minor league in North America that puts out better video content, um, summaries, uh, you know, they, they have the highlights up 20 minutes after the game's over, you know, it's, it's awesome. They really picked up their game. So if you want to, there's a lot of hockey out there that you can, um, you know, beyond just the NHL that is, and I love bringing people out to AHL games because you know that in the NHL, sure there are game breakers like your Austin Matthews who can score a dynamic goal at any time. But you know, most of these guys, even the ones who are paid the big bucks are good for maybe a goal or an assist a night. So everybody's level of play has to be pretty uniform. And I don't think you really see a a significant decrease in the level of play, if at all, between the AHL and the NHL. The NHL is where just a certain higher tier of players go. But, you know, almost 85% of players who make it to the NHL play at some point in the American Hockey League. So it's definitely another cool league to look out for. (laughs) You mentioned uh, the AHL, you know, all the video highlights and stuff. Um, Basically, my dream job is to create video content for uh, a pro hockey team. So if anything ever comes up with the Ontario rain, please let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Will do. Just keep it out there, man. Uh, Now, I know I saw today that, um, you know, one of your favorites from the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, Kasper Kapanen, is going to go back down to the Toronto Marlies to help them out with uh, their campaign for the Calder Cup. So I would really love to see a Calder Cup final between Ontario and Toronto. I think that would be awesome. That means I get a trip to Canada and I haven't been to Canada in years. So I'd be all for that. So you get to travel. (laughs) So you get to travel with the team. Uh, occasionally. I mean, you, you get to go a lot of, a lot of times. Cool. Luckily we're that, um, San Diego and Ontario are two hours drive apart. So that's fun. <laughs> but yeah, if we go to the Calder cup final, we're going to go see the team. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I hope that happens purely just so you get that experience, dude. Um, we should probably wrap this up, but as that is my birthday, I should probably do, um, stuff, yeah, you should, uh, stuff other than working and talking about hockey, but, uh, I've, you know, thanks so much for coming on, um, Jonathan. Um, we always love having you on the show. And next week, um, well, I've I've still got to fill an episode because uh, Joe, Joe, while he's in New York right now, he goes back to Hawaii for a few days and gets to have a few days by himself in Hawaii, like the lucky bastard that he is. Um, and gets God, enjoy- life must be hard for Joe right now. I know, man. Like, I actually, I really can't wait for him to come back. I miss him. 
Um, I, I, think I can't we'll- wait to, I got to hear his stories about New York city. Cause I, I don't know if you've ever been, New York is tough. Even if you're, if like people assume that every American has been to New York. Yeah, no, most of Americans probably haven't been to New York city. So it, it's a big <laughs> country and it is entirely different from anything you've ever seen. And it's, it's especially, I think of the, 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 just the, such the friendly, relaxed Kiwi lifestyle, just getting thrust into caffeinated, high intensity New York lifestyle. It's just like, <laughs> wow, I hope like, Joe's okay. Yeah. He'd be like, hey, I'm walking over here. And he's like, oh, Hey, you know, and the, the, the Islanders moving about back to Nassau. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think judging by his Instagram, I think he's surviving and uh, I'm really looking forward to having um, Joe come back. And I'm sure the first episode when he's back, we'll probably just be exchanging uh, travel stories so uh, that'll be a lot of fun but um if uh, anyone listening to this episode if you if uh you know think you'd be a good guest host for uh for a show hit me up because we um well, i can't have jonathan on every week as much as i'd love to tom wilson i know you're <laughs> out there and listening tom wilson this is your key man i think this he's a the- i think he's a little busy right now um yeah yeah maybe someday I, I do want to get Wayne Simmons on the show to talk about his charity and stuff. And I saw that he's got, he's uh, been nominated for the NHL foundation award this year, which is awesome. Um, you guys have a magical key and that is your, just your adorable accent. And anytime <laughs> an American, anytime an American hears or a Canadian hears an English or English ish accent, you know, I mean, it's, it, it I think they literally conducted a study that says, that Americans are more predisposed to trust somebody with an English extraction accent, like somebody from England or Australia or New Zealand. So you could probably convince him to do that, especially at any hour of the night. So, um, <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. You well, guys just have, have a unique, lovely charm about you. And, uh, oh. we just, we just have our, we just have our breath. I don't know. Everybody always busts on our accents. Uh, American accents just being unlike everything else, but, but it's just the way we are. Hey, I, well, you know, I've got a lot of friends in, um, Southern California, so I, I love your accent. Um, uh, just very quickly, uh, NCHL preseason gets underway very soon. Check your team's Facebook page, uh, for details. Uh, once again, Jonathan Hawks, thanks for coming on. Make sure, uh, listeners check out the Ontario rain. Um, if you're a Kings fan, not a Kings fan, even if you're not, you know, if you're new to hockey, um, shit i would just check out as much as you can you know take your time picking a team but um ontario rain and the alley kings they're, they're a good bit uh, and if you like a lot of if you like a lot of bullshit on twitter follow me on at at j e e is an evan hawks h-a-w-k-s it's not a lot of hockey content but i throw some good hockey twitter jokes out there yeah and we'll um obviously when i put this episode out i'll tag you in it so that people can't find you easily um thanks for coming on dude we uh this is puck here and um We'll see you next week. Puck Year. It's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favorite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Puck Year Podcast. Puck Year.